Radio OUM roaming across your mind. Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much for still tuning in to Radio OUM. It's the second segment for today, and it's the hazard management segment. Today's topic is very, very interesting because we'll take a look at something very hot and very fiery. Okay, I'm talking about the topic for today, which is heat and fire hazards. Yeah, this is one of the topics. Actually, two of the topics covered in the hazard management module offered by the Faculty of Business and Management. Okay, so today we'll take a look at the heat or the um, hot hazards that is around us and the fire hazards as well. Now, that being said, okay, and I'm sure that many of you will agree that, okay, uh, office workers are probably not as exposed to the same risk or more risk, yeah, experienced by employees who are working in factories perhaps yeah or perhaps in plants or construction sites yeah but did you know that approximately 2000 office workers are absent from work for more than 3 days every year because of a workplace accident now the thing is these figures yeah of course these figures is based on the occupational safety and health uh, agency in the US yeah these figures uh, alone conceal the real extent of the problem by only illustrating recorded incidents and they also fail to reflect those office workers who suffer ill health effects as a consequence of their work okay meaning perhaps you know those who suffer from uh, heart diseases due to high level of stress so on and so forth okay now the thing is when we become complacent about office safety and health yeah we will have an attitude that no employee or safety representative uh, should tolerate and one that no employer can afford because at the end of the day you want your workers to be uh, to be productive to be efficient in their work okay and they need to be healthy and they need to be in a safe environment so that's why today we'll explore the heat and fire hazards that are around us and perhaps ways to mitigate the problem ways to prevent the problems from becoming an issue a conflict of major proportions okay now if you want to know more about this you need to stay tuned to our radio oum in the meantime let me take a small break don't go anywhere I radio OUM roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to I radio OUM. The segment right now is hazard management, and the topic for today is heat and fire hazards. Okay, now of course, you know if you are an office worker, if you work in an office, you know, of course, you know some of you might think that you know this is not such a big problem. You might not as much, you might not face as much risk as perhaps compared to those who are working in factories, in manufacturing plants or construction sites. Yet, uh, these are still things that you need to consider, okay, even if you're working in an office. Okay, now when it comes to temperature, yeah, of course, it, this is related to heat, yeah, employers, yeah, the the management, the, the managers, the supervisors have to ensure that while working, yeah, or during working hours, the temperature inside buildings, yeah, of, of course, this includes offices, is reasonable. Now, that's a vague, uh, vague term. That's a vague uh, phrase to be using in in this instance. But the test of what constitutes as reasonable or as a reasonable temperature is 
although it's it's subjective yeah it would be fair to say that if the majority of the workforce consider they are too hot or too cold for most of the working day then the temperature is unreasonable so perhaps you know if uh, especially in Malaysia where we have our climate yeah our warm and humid climate then perhaps you know the if it's too hot then the air conditioning perhaps it needs to be uh, it needs to be uh of a lower number of a lower temperature okay but of course in in countries such as uh, the US or the UK which have four seasons well they have different regulations for this matter now there are also um, other suggested measure to achieve satisfactory working temperatures okay and these are perhaps more related to those in the US those who are experiencing four different uh, seasons per year okay such as having insulating pipes having air cooling plants and shading windows and sitting dust away from uh, radiators and other hot spots yeah shading windows go a long way okay and not only in offices also in your cars you know if you have tinted windows not not too dark too dark of a tint yeah you can actually save on gas because you uh, tend to use uh, lower temperature or higher temperature for the air conditioning so it will take up less gas so this these are few of the considerations when it comes to managing heat or managing temperature in the workplace now of course you know when the place is too cold it will be uncomfortable to work the same it will be if it is too hot so we want a reasonable temperature for the workplace so that people can work productively so that they can carry up their tasks productively efficiently okay now i'll share with you about heat management okay how to manage how to actually um uh, reduce heat hazards now that after the break stay tuned to our radio ul I'm roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning in to Irene OUM in today's installment of Hazard Management. Okay, today we're taking a look at heat and fire hazards. Now, of course, before the break, I shared with you a little bit about temperature management okay, in relation to heat hazards. Now, let's take a look at how to reduce heat hazards. Now, say for example, if you or your organization are planning to have an outdoor event of some sort, maybe some marketing and promotional events and you'll be having booths, you know, perhaps out in the open and so on and so forth. Yeah. Now, how can you help your employees how can you help your colleagues your workers yeah to reduce heat hazards well one of the most obvious way is to encourage workers to drink plenty of water yeah even if they are not thirsty yeah take uh drink uh take drinking breaks after for every 10 to 15 minutes yeah and avoid uh drinks such as alcohol coffee tea and caffeinated soft drinks which will contribute to dehydration okay some of them are diuretics okay so we don't want them to go to the toilet too often to the, to the loo too often yeah now also perhaps you know if you are working if you are planning to have an outdoor event if you you the workers will be exposed to heat yeah to uh 
heat all day long perhaps yeah you can help the workers to adjust to heat yeah to the heat by assigning them to a lighter workload and perhaps you know uh, reconsider the break times instead of giving them one hour break maybe you can give them 15 minute 15 minute breaks throughout the day instead of you know having them take one break so that they'll get used to the intense heat so of course the workers will have a, a, a they can acclimatize themselves better to the heat or to the temperature that they are exposed to another way to reduce heat hazards is to actually encourage workers to wear lightweight loose fitting light colored clothing this is very important to remember because if you wear black then it absorbs more heat it actually absorbs more uh, light and it absorbs more heat okay now of course uh, give them uh, allow them to change their clothes perhaps if it gets too saturated perhaps okay now another thing that you need to remember to reduce heat hazards is to learn to spot the signs of heat stroke okay heat stroke can be very fatal the symptoms of heat stroke comprises of severe headache mental confusion loss of consci- consciousness flushed face and hot dry skin If someone has stopped sweating, you need to seek medical attention immediately. Okay, now once that person, you know, if you stand out in the heat for a, a bit of a time, you know, over for a long time, for a long period of time, you'll sweat. But if you are experiencing heat stroke, you'll stop sweating. Okay, so this is when you really, really need medical attention now. Heat stroke is not the only heat hazard yeah the heat stroke is not the only fatal uh, illness that you can uh, have if you are exposed to intense heat okay other heat induced illnesses include heat exhaustion heat cramps skin rashes swelling and even loss of mental and physical work capacity so as workers as employees you need to do what you can to reduce these risks okay now i'll share more with you about heat and fire hazards but i'll take a small break don't go anywhere stay tuned to i radio you app I'm roaming across your mind. Thank you so much for still tuning into the hazard management segment. Today we're taking a look at heat and fire hazards in the workplace. Okay, so now let's move on to the next hazard, which is fire hazards. Now, how can you identify fire hazards in your workplace? Now, uh, before you can predict where a fire might start in the workplace, then you need to first identify. what actually starts and fuels fire now all fires need uh, three elements to burn fuel oxygen and a source of ignition and workplace fire safety should begin by identifying these fire hazards yeah so let's take a look at the the elements the three elements needed for fire yeah the first is ignition now the thing is a source of heat is needed for a fire to start even if there is a uh, there is plenty of oxygen and a mound of uh, fuel yeah or mound of tinder or dry kindling or some sort you know that can be burnt if there's no ignition then it will not start a fire will not start without an ignition so the temperature at which 
fire uh, fire starts to burn and continues to burn is called the ignition point. And you might not realize it, but there are plenty of items in the workplace which could create this ignition point. Some of the most common causes of fire ignition in different workplaces includes offices where uh, portable heaters or maybe you know uh, stuff like in your in your pantry and so on microwaves in the pantries even your computer monitors or faulty electrical equipment another of most the most common causes of fire ignition in the workplace is uh, in workshop and factories yeah uh, it can it can come from naked flames mechanically gen- generated sparks faulty engines or generators machineries or friction from drive belts now in schools yeah ignition points can come from bunsen burners cookery glasses computer equipment or heating system now of course you know that being said uh uh Deliberately causing fire or arson can also be a major factor in creating an ignition or point of fire. Then matches, lighters and burning cigarettes can also create ignition points, especially if people are smoking where they shouldn't be and don't put their cigarettes out properly because they're in a hurry. Even this, even something as simple as this can cause a very devastating fire throughout the workplace. Now, that's the first element, ignition. There are two more elements needed in fire which I'm going to share with you after the break. So stay tuned to Radio UF. Radio OU. I'm roaming across your mind, still tuned into the hazard management segment today. I'm sharing with you about heat and fire hazards. Okay, and now we're I'm sharing with you about fire hazards. And uh, before the break, I shared with you that there are three elements needed to start a fire. Okay, for a fire to actually, you know, break loose and cause damages. Now, the uh, the second, actually, the second uh, element is fuel. Now, a fire will not burn unless there is something to fuel it. Now, offices, much like our home, are full of things or full of items which can burn easily. Cardboard, wood, paper and any printed materials, including posters or work displayed on walls, can be the perfect fuel for a fire to to just chew through yeah schools and offices also have similar items in the compound in the building which can be easily set fire to and cause fire to spread yeah uh, even items such as curtains blinds wooden furnitures and uh, workplaces such as factories and workshops contain even more fire hazards including flammable liquids wood shavings timber pallets packaging flammable gases and other packaging such as polystyrene and perhaps you know when it comes to assessing the fire risk in your workplace you should also be identifying and remove removing fuel from your workplace to reduce the fire hazards at least you know for those that you actually need for those materials that you absolutely need for instance in the workshop yeah you absolutely need this material yeah which is highly flammable then keep it in a safe place okay make sure that it will not spill okay or at least 
keep it in a place where it will be far away from uh, ignition of some sort. So these are the considerations that you need to take to to pay attention to. Now the last element needed in a fire is oxygen. So. When you're looking at your workplace fire alarm safety, oxygen is perhaps one of the elements of fire which you cannot eliminate completely. Of course, we know that oxygen is everywhere and although there would be no fires without it, there would also be nothing else if we don't have oxygen. So managing the oxygen supply as a fire hazard is perhaps the more tricky elements of workplace fire safety perhaps you know you can install fire doors which can help to slow the fire's progress while it burns through the oxygen in the enclosed room yeah and then this will keep the fire at bay of course when once the oxygen runs out then the fire will stop now of course of course assured fire and safety provide fire suppression systems for electrical applications and these systems can starve a fire off oxygen or heat and will also will then eliminate the fire if the fire suppression system would benefit your workplace fire safety then perhaps you can contact the appropriate authority for this okay now of course even if you remove as many threats of ignition and fuel as possible and reduce the effect of oxygen fires do still happen so of course it's very very important to remember that your staff the people in the organization know when they're in danger and install and maintain a fire alarm system as part of your workplace fire safety so next time when there's a fire drill okay don't play around okay take part be a part of that fire drill because you never know it might save your lives okay let me take a small break i'll come back with more after the break don't go anywhere Beautiful girls all over the world I could be chasing but my time Radio OU am roaming across your mind. It's the final minutes of today's installment of Hazard Management. Okay, today we're taking a look at heat and fire hazards. Okay, and just uh, to round up, let me share with you some uh, occupational safety and health uh, agency of the U.S. Yeah, occupational safety and health ad- administration from the U.S. Department of Labor. What they have to say about. Uh, fire safety in the workplace now employers should train workers about fire hazards in the workplace and about what to do in a fire emergency so say if the employers expect the uh, workers to evacuate the vil- the building then they the workers need to be trained on how to escape because you can't just simply you know jump out of the windows no certain win- uh, certain doors cannot be used you cannot use the elevators you cannot lo- use the escalators so on and so forth so these are the things that you need to train the the workers the employees now if you expect your workers to use firefighting equipment for instance to use the fire extinguisher for instance or to use the hose the fire hose whatever you should also give them the appropriate equipment and train them to use the equipment safely it's not enough to just provide the equipment perhaps you know it needs to be trained they, it, there needs to be training on how to use the equipment and also the equipments need to be uh, 
you need to see whether or not it is safe to be used. Okay, of course, it needs to be well maintained as well. Okay, now also every workplace must have enough exits, yeah, suitably located to enable everyone to get out of the facility quickly should a fire happen. Considerations should include the type of structure, the type of building, whether it is high rise, whether it's a low rise building, whether you know you have adjoining buildings or and so forth. Perhaps, yeah, the number of people in the building, the number of people who are exposed to the uh, incident or to the hazard, the fire protection available, what type of uh, perhaps fire doors that are there or perhaps, you know, fire extinguishers of some sort, you know, the type of industry involved, of course, uh, like I mentioned before, you know, in terms of workshops would probably have more fire hazards, okay? So perhaps there needs to be uh, greater consideration or greater attention given to these sort of establishment uh, also the height and type of construction of the building or structure so these all come into play when it comes to fire safety considerations in addition fire doors must not be blocked or locked when employees are inside and delayed opening of fire doors However, is permitted when an approved alarm system is integrated into the fire door designs. Perhaps, you know, you want to block or you want to prevent the fire from another room entering to this room. So the fire door is blocked. So the employees still, they, they need to be trained. Okay, if this door is blocked, then you need to evacuate from this door. Okay, give them options. Okay, don't only give route A. You need to have route B and route C. Okay, because what if route A is blocked by some fire hazards? And so it's route B. So you can take route C, so on and so forth. And exit routes from buildings have to be free of obstructions and properly marked with exit signs. These are some of the things that we take for granted. We think that, oh, you know what? This is These are the exits. They'll know where to go. That's not true. You need to train the employees. Okay, and perhaps, you know, if there's no proper training, then perhaps the union in that in that particular establishment, in that particular organization can work on something to inform the people within that establishment, within that organization, within that company on how to react if there are problems if there are fire hazards occurring okay and with that we've come to the end of today's installment of hazard management i hope you've had an informative hour keeping me company right here on iradio oum this is me hanim signing off you have a great day ahead assalamualaikum bye bye